podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic podcast with myself, Mike Duffy and Ben Aitson. Ben, result aside for the moment, how's your weekend's been? Um, weekend's been all right. Trying not to let the Watford game or Jefferson Lerma to affect my mood. So uh, <laughs> after the game yesterday, uh, me and my missus took my little one to the park for the first time. She went on a swing, which just brightened up my day and made me feel a bit better. Um Let's you forget about football for a little bit. But yeah, all good, my end, mate. How are you? Good stuff. Yeah, no, all good. Um, I was feeling a bit fragile yesterday morning because I, I, um, I allow myself to have a, a couple of beverages on a Friday and a Saturday. They're my days off, if you like, from training. And um, I perhaps had a bit too much, but I think I needed it watching that Forest Derby game cause it, on the Friday because it wasn't the, uh, the best of games. And then obviously our game... You know, they put us right at the start as well, so it affects your whole Saturday. Um, so yeah, but other than that, I'm all right, mate. You know, keep moving on. We've got another game on Wednesday, so hopefully we can bounce back quickly from that. Fingers crossed. Anyway, um, we're not alone. Me and Ben aren't. We're joined by friends of the podcast who's not been on for a while. James from the Watford Way. James, how's your weekend been, mate? A long time not too bad. as well. Yeah, nice to speak to you guys again. It's been, it's been nice and sunny outside, so I spent a bit of time in the garden um, doing bits and bobs. But yeah, the um, the Watford result didn't help, did it? No, not 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 at all. Um, it's yeah, I just one game you don't want to lose, and it's to them bloody buggers against Bournemouth. <laughs> so, um, in terms of the team news. Two changes from Wednesday night, Ben. Gosling had come out and Truster Conga had come out. Chalabur and Cathcart come in. Perhaps not surprising with the Chalabur and Gosling one, but were you perhaps a bit surprised that Cathcart come in? Yeah, surprised that Cathcart came in. Uh, we messaged each other before the game and I said I, I wasn't really pleased with the change enough for back two again. I, I wasn't liking that Cathcart came in and True Econ came out. Yes, True Econ didn't have a great game at Blackburn, but I didn't feel like he needed to be rested or dropped. And changing our back two all the time, it, it's, it's not helping us. And we, we've started to struggle defensively lately. And I think that's rotating of the... The, the main back two defenders, it is probably what's um, causing the issues. I think you put it perfectly, Ben, when we were chatting over WhatsApp. You said that, yes, Truster Kong probably hasn't, isn't having the best of times at the moment, but in terms of games played and experience, he's played more games than Cathcart, hasn't he? So he um, he's, he's formed some sort of a partnership and looked more comfortable at times, whereas Cathcart started the season, then was out injured for a while and come back. So I think that's perhaps the frustration a little bit there. Uh, James, I'm just interested to get your viewpoint in terms of me and Ben have often been asked a question by our listeners. Who do you think our best centre-back partnership is, James? Well, I, I do agree with Ben in the sense that I am a bit confused why why is this going, is rotating that centre-back partnership because that is one of the most key areas of the team that, that you require consistency in. Mm-hmm. Um, I would actually say it is 
true to the Kong and Sirielta at the moment. And I think that even after a couple of poor performances from true to the Kong, I think, you know, you still need to persist with them. You can't just change, um, you know, you can't change one of your key positions just after they've had a couple of poor games. And and I think it is true to the Kong and Sirielta at the moment. Although I think Ben Wilmot, maybe if he had a few more opportunities, maybe he would be pushing... Um, to partner Sirielta, but I think Sirielta is the is the consistent one in there, and it's whether you put Trustekong or someone else next to him. Yeah, it's interesting with Wilma. I don't know whether Munoz just doesn't rate him or what, but you know we were really looking forward to seeing him this season after the season he had at um, Swansea, and for whatever reason, you know it's not worked out for him, which is a shame. Um, I'd like to see him get more of an opportunity because I think yeah. he he would complement either Truce Econ or Serialta, but obviously we wouldn't want Serialta to come out of the side. And Wilma's more of a ball playing. Uh, defender, isn't he? He's got a better passing ability, and that's where maybe Truth Econ's lacked a bit this season. So, if you brought in Wilmot and played him alongside Serial, so I think that is a partnership that could potentially work. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm sure it would. Uh, you know, the, the times we have seen Wilmot this season, he, he sort of had to fill in in, in, def- in midfield, like as a defensive midfielder, which you know, isn't his natural position. Yes, he can play there, but it's not his natural position. So I feel like he's a bit wasted at the moment, which is a shame. Now, obviously this game, <laughs> people call it a rivalry and whatnot, and we'll get onto that as we talk about the game. But this probably was the first game this season where I've thought, right, this is so, so important that we get a win here. Like, it, it, it's a bit of a turning point so it's just well I don't know if you can call it turning point but basically the importance of the game was huge because we were playing Bournemouth um, being on a terrible run of form Bournemouth have we've won four in a row looking to make it five we know that we're not great away from home although we've now got the joint eighth best away records and if we'd had won that we'd had had the joint fourth best away record so I say we've not great away from home but we know what we like away from home in terms of the way we started James we were we come out the traps really quickly didn't we we, we were looking good yeah absolutely I was, I was really really impressed with with how we started especially that first 10 minutes I thought we pushed them right out the pitch you know our centre-backs you know, we're almost on the halfway line at times. And, you yeah. know, it was, it was nearly attack after attack that down that right-hand side with Kiko and Sarr. And, yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, it was it was an absolutely fantastic start. And, and yeah, it, it, look, it looked good from that point on. And, and I thought actually throughout the first half, um, I thought actually throughout the first half we played quite well anyway. But that first 10 minutes especially, I thought I thought were absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, Ben, how gutting was it that fans weren't there? Because it was in Bournemouth. It was, The sun was shining. That white away kit, by the way, I love the white away kit. We've not won in it this season. We drew with Wickham <laughs> the only other time that we played in it. Um, so perhaps a bit of a bad omen, but... It, it would have been a perfect game for fans to attend. Like Bournemouth's sunny, probably would have got a result had there been fans in there. It would have been a lot more feisty. But like I said to Jones, we started off superbly. Um, not sure. I think Messina should have done a lot better with his header. He should have at least got it on target. Yeah, should have done. Uh, it was a good opportunity. Uh, came four minutes in and early crossed into the box from. Um, Feminia, he overlapped, so I got the cross in. Um, Begovic parried it and fell to Messina, and he just didn't get a proper connection on it, and it went wide. He should have done better for, 
with that, especially being a defender where you're heading balls pretty much all day long. And with his height as well, he should have got over the ball a bit more and actually got the header on target there. Yeah, and you mentioned, obviously, Ped, uh, not Pedro, sorry, you mentioned Feminier and Saar, especially in that first half, in those first sort of 10, 15 minutes. They're just showing why they're two of the most liked players at the club. They complement each other so, so well, don't they, Ben? Yeah, they, they work hard for each other and they complement each other and they get the best out of each other. I thought first half they was brilliant, but second half they, they they came off the pace a little bit and that might be down to fatigue. There's been lots of games lately. I've, I've just had a look at the fixtures and we've just played five games in 14 days. So you can see <laughs> there's a lot of fatigue in the Watford players yesterday and I think the second half performance showed that yesterday. Yeah, um, it... It was a weird old game. Like we we were speaking just before Jones, weren't we? Saying that you know we we felt pretty much comfortable in the first half, and I think we didn't really have a clear cut chance. I think the best chance in the first half was when Backman saved it from uh, Lloyd Kelly. I think it was. And he did a brilliant job to save it, but in terms of the first half, although we looked comfortable, we still didn't get a shot away. Me and Ben were talking on Thursday, I think it was after the. Blackburn game, we had four, 17 shots in total away from home. That's got to be the most we've ever had away from home. But this time round, we had seven shots. We had 57 cent possession at half time. We looked good, but we were lacking that. We were lacking that bite, weren't we, James? In that first half. Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually, I personally thought that that was probably one of our best away performances of the season, considering the opposition we were playing. Because you have to remember. Obviously, Bournemouth were in poor form, but they do have really, really talented players who, who, like some of our players, should be playing in the Premier League. So in terms of actually getting to half-time at nil-nil, I was actually quite happy with that result. And yeah, I mean, obviously, they did have a couple of chances, Bournemouth. They did look threatening, but so did we. Obviously, you mentioned Kiko and Sardan at right-hand side. So getting to half-time, um, I was relatively, relatively happy with what I'd seen so far. Ben, in terms of... The first half, do you echo what James has said there? Do you think we 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 were looking good and perhaps looking like we, we could have scored? Or do you, do you think we 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 were sort of, I'm trying to think of the word to, word to use, but do you think that we were good value going into the second half and looked likely to score? Or do you think we, we, we just sort of sailed through the first half just about? I agree with uh, James. I think that was probably our best 45 minutes performance away from home this season, but it's difficult. It's easy to compare it against all the other away performances <laughs> that we've had this season because we've not really had performances away from home. So. Yeah. But but like James says, against a opposition that's also challenging for promotion, I thought for the first 45 minutes, we did all right. Um, I thought as the game wore on in the first half we got a bit more cagey Bournemouth was getting effort on the ball they were seeing a bit more possession and that's when we started to sit in the back a bit more and I think that's when Bournemouth maybe felt we could maybe get at, get at Watford a little bit more than what we could get at Bournemouth and second half I don't know what happened at half time but it just felt completely different well we'll talk about the second half now that's probably the quickest we've ever talked about a first half but then again, there wasn't really anything to write home about in the first half. There, I can't remember any clear-cut chances that we had in the first half. Um, I think our best chance definitely comes sort of early doors in the second half, which we'll get onto in a sec. But in terms of the second half, as you say, Ben, it, I think you, met, you, you summed it up perfectly before we started recording, saying we just looked fatigued, didn't we? Like, 
you know, you've just mentioned how we've played five games in 14 days, which is incredible amount. But you could just see that we looked quite leggy. Um, Saar wasn't really in the game. At half-time, I said to myself, is Semmer still on the pitch? Another game, Ben, where Semmer really struggled to get himself involved, didn't he? Yeah, he looks exhausted. It's yeah. a shame that we played Bournemouth when we did at the weekend. We could have done with playing Wickham the game before them, so we could have rested a few players just for this yeah. Bournemouth game. But it's unfortunate how the fixtures have fallen. But yeah, Semmer looks absolutely knackered yesterday, and that's maybe his second or third performance. He looks a bit laggy, doesn't he? Um, I thought we saw second half, looked a bit tired as well. He, Like you mm. say, you just want him to run, 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 and he, he, does, he didn't really take on his men yesterday. The only time he did run, he created this opportunity a chance for us which we'll talk about in a bit yeah. but yeah it, it just looked a bit tired performances as well um, I think it's just catching up on them all these um, games but it's the same for every other team in the championship isn't it but yeah. maybe other teams have rotated their teams a bit more freely where Munis has only done one or two changes every week which has worked because prior to this we won four back-to-back games but yeah. maybe it was just one too far yesterday yeah and James, we talked about the, the centre-back partnerships. Obviously, Truce to Kong's looked a bit wobbly. People are unsure of Kafkart. One thing's for certain, Sierra Elta doesn't change, does he? He produced a brilliant block. I think Dan Juma, um, he took a shot and Sierra Elta blocked it and it went beyond for a corner. But did you think Sierra Elta had a good game yesterday, James? Considering yeah, I thought Cyril definitely, sorry, definitely yeah. out of the back two of, of him and Kafka had, had the better of the games. And, and at that point where he, where he did block that shot, Dan Juma was starting to get to get the better, better of him down that mm. side of the pitch. And and yeah, I thought I thought Dan Juma actually, especially yesterday, did yeah. cause us um, all sorts of problems down that side. And, and yeah, actually, Sirielta overall um, yesterday, he did, he did have a good game. But I feel like he's carrying... Um, whoever is playing with at the moment, whether it's Cathcart or Truce to Kong, because um, because yeah, ultimately they're not playing not not playing that well with him at the moment. Yeah, uh, and we we really really getting through this game, uh, I know. So, but that probably sums up how sort of not non-attacking we were, I suppose, or we 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 didn't really create any real cutthroat chances but obviously Backman stopped it from Zanjuma and then we went on the other end and it was a brilliant counter-attack like that that must have been the first real time that we looked like scoring wouldn't it Ben and um, cleverly was played through do you think he should have done a little bit better or do you think it was a brilliant save from Begovic um, it, it was good to see Watford actually um, made a successful counter-attack because we've seen it in the last few games I think Preston, um, last final minutes, we we was on a counter-attack and it was a final ball that let us down. And then um, last week as well, um, we attempted it and it just didn't work out. But today we actually, we was on the attack and we actually made something out of it. Sol driving with a ball from a halfway line, um, going past a couple of players, playing the ball into Cleverly. And Cleverly possibly should have done a bit better, uh, maybe should have, Pull it to the other side of Begovic, but it was a good strong save from Begovic. It was just frustrating that we didn't create more chances out of the game. Um, but yeah. yeah, fantastic save from Batman up the other end to actually keep us into the game a bit yeah. longer than what we actually were. He, he rushed off his line really, really quickly there. And I was watching the replays and at the start, I thought it's a routine save that their guys not really hit it cleanly. But he, he really rushed off his line very quickly and it was a brilliant save. Uh, and this is what's frustrating, isn't it, James? We've 
we obviously save one at one end, brilliant save from Backman, and we've got the players in the team to produce these rapid counter-attacks. And whether it is to do with fatigue, whether it's to do with whatever, we know we've got the players and we see films like that. And you think, well, why can't we do this on a more regular basis? Are you sitting there sort of thinking that yourself sometimes when watching Watford? I think I think I do agree with you there, but I, I don't want to become that that team that that constantly sits back and counterattacks against people. I think that we have to be, um, you know, like Bournemouth were towards the end of the game. We have to be the the proactive team, pushing people, um, pressing them, and um, and using our talent that way rather than rather than hitting people on the counter. But I think I think it, in that instance yesterday when the game did open up a little bit, you know, I think we do need to be a bit more proactive at times. And you know, when you've got people like Semmer. Saar, Pedro, um, Cleverly, who can all drive at people and have good pace. Um, I think we do need to see a bit more of it. And obviously, it, it didn't end up in a goal from Tom Cleverly, as we say, but I think we do need to see more of that um, going forward. Yeah. Right. So, the next big thing that happened after that Cleverly chance was the Bournemouth goal on 61 minutes. And... The first problem I have with the goal, as I'm sure everybody else does, is... I think it was a goal kick from Backman, was it? And it's gone up to Chalaba, and Chalaba's been climbed all over by Jefferson Lerma. And he, they, they both go down, I think, or Jefferson Lerma goes down, and the referee gives a foul to Watford. So we get a free kick just in our own half. And the referee, you see it clearly, points in the direction of free kick to Watford. Um, then you get all of this sort of melee, you know, Lerma was on the floor holding his face as if he'd just been shot by a sniper on the roof. And um, after a while, I think Chalaber gets booked. So he's now out of the Wickham and Forest game, which that Forest game is much bigger than I think people think because Forest are starting to pick up form and you just know that Glenn Murray and James Garner are going to score. So could do, you know, Wickham, not so bad that we've not, we've not got him, but the Forest game, I'm a little bit more worried that we've not got him. Um, so he picks up a yellow card. The referee then gives a free kick to Bournemouth. Now, Ben, I'm trying to still get my head around it now. Surely if he's pointed to the Watford, what part of that? Can, do you know any part of that where he's thought, well, no, that warrants a, a free kick in the other direction then? And then secondly, Dave kicked it straight up. Is it Dan Zuma that scored, is it? Um, he's yeah, got, yeah. They've kicked it straight up from that free kick and Backman's been beaten at the near post. I'm starting to sound like I hate Backman. I don't hate Backman at all. He's doing a brilliant job. But at the near post, he should have been beaten better. Uh, sorry, he should have done better uh, at his near post and the defence just switched off, didn't they, Ben? It did. Um, I'm still trying to understand why the referee awarded that free kit to Bournemouth or actually um, gave the, yeah, let them take the free kit. Did he yeah. kind of forget that he awarded a free kit to Watford exactly. in the first place? Exactly. And then there was, then there was about three, four minutes of trying to get Lama up from the floor after resuscitating him. Um, after <laughs> he was, he was rolling in agony, wanting yeah. the ambulance to arrive. Um, <laughs> I, 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 what I must say, what a disgraceful player, um, yeah. what a disgusting player as well. Um, we, we did were, you see um, after just, the game on Twitter? He actually came out with um with a with a laughing emoji on his Twitter. He did indeed. Just going to yeah. say as well, we we Which can put a, situations. <laughs> no, 
we, we can put a swearing warning on this podcast. So if you want to um, really speak your colours, then, you know, go for it. But, yeah, Ben, it, I've got no problem, right? Well, I have, but if if the referee thinks it's a yellow card, that's fine, book him. But you've given your original decision of a Watford free kick. Don't then change your mind. And then, I mean, it wasn't even a, a bloody yellow card for crying out loud. I, I think he's, Chalabas caught him. And then, like you say, Ben, he's had to be resuscitated. Paramedics are on side, you know, hoping he's all right, rushing to him. But I just, I, I, I don't like to be that type of guy that sort of tries to make a rivalry out of Bournemouth and Watford. Because, yes, the games are usually feisty. But in terms of having a rivalry as such, I don't think it goes that far. But every time we play Bournemouth now, something seems to happen, doesn't it, James? Where whether it's a player that bit dirty or whether there's a red card or yellow cards, you know, we put that stat out before the game. I think, was it in the last six games or something, we'd picked up 22 yellow cards in the fixture. Um, mm. it, yeah, so in the last six games, home, home and away against Bournemouth, Watford have picked up 22 yellow cards and one red card compared to Bournemouth, who have just picked up seven. I don't know how many bookings there were yesterday, but the ref was giving out cards as if they were going out of fashion. But you just it's so pathetic to see, isn't it, James? Well, you mentioned the rivalry there, and you have to think from my perspective, I'm obviously the youngest person here at the moment. I'm only 19. So, so when, when, watching Watford, <laughs> when watching Watford, I've seen a lot more of Watford versus Bournemouth than I have Watford versus Luton. So, so for me, watching these games, I know our Luton, rivalry with Luton is big and it always will be but this rivalry with Bournemouth seems to have been building up for, for years and years and years and it seems to have built up throughout yesterday's game as well and it culminated in in, in that disgraceful incident from from just Jefferson Lerma and um and yeah it was disgraceful as you say and, and you don't really want to see that in football but but I did put out a tweet after the game actually saying fair play to Bournemouth because what? they actually did they actually did what was necessary for them to win the game. And they ultimately did go on to win the game. So, you know, I I say it was disgraceful. We shouldn't see that in football, but they did what was necessary for their own team to, to win the game. And if that was rolling around on the floor, like a bunch of babies, then, then that's what they did. Ben, do we ask him on again? Fair play to Bournemouth. Am I hearing this right? Well, I think they executed their game plan. They, they knew how to rattle Watford, just like how Palace know how to uh, rattle Watford as well with Wilfred Zaha. Um, they, they did it exactly the same with Jefferson Lama yesterday. He's a wind-up merchant and he, he, he pushed every single button of the Watford players yesterday and he got the reaction he wanted and he got the sending off that he wanted, although he wanted it on Chalabar, but he eventually got it through Jal Pedro. But I just <laughs> thought it, 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 was, it was just pathetic. I thought all of this... Um, stupid um, rolling around on the floor, diving, um, trying to get players sent off. Malarkey would have ended when Eddie Howe left the club, but it, it's continued through Jason Tindall and now Jonathan Woodgate. It's just yeah. disgusting. Um, yeah. I, I agree with James. I think the younger fans, they've grown up, Watford haven't played Luton for X amount of years, and then they see a rivalry with Bournemouth and it's like, Oh, this is this is what a derby ish should should be like. This is what a rivalry should be like. Because um, I was thinking about it last night. I strongly dislike Luton. 
Um, mm-hmm. But off late, they've been irrelevant. We've not played them. There've been massive gap in between the leagues between us. I've not had to worry about Luton. But whereas Bournemouth, we've been battling with them in every single division for the last six, seven seasons, mm-hmm. and it, it, it's it's been nasty in that. And I, I do feel a bit of a hatred towards Bournemouth just yeah. just for how they how they act on the football field. I have like you know me, I absolutely love going down to Bournemouth. It's one of my favourite places in the UK. Yeah, but yeah. when I see a Bournemouth shirt, I just go, oh. it's <laughs> like oh. I, I just I just hate the team. Yeah. Yeah, no, a couple of great points made there, by the way. Firstly want to agree with you know what you've said, James. I suppose for the younger fans, we've not played when we played Luton earlier this season, that was the first derby in 14, 15 years. 2006, mm. I think the last one was. I was lucky enough to be at it. We'd only played Luton a handful of times in my lifetime, really. Uh, granted, my, my dad's never used to take me uh, because of, obviously, the, the fierceness of it. And I was only a little kid. And um, I only went to the one, that 1-1 one, one draw at home. And this is only the second time that I can really remember us playing Luton. Um, but as both of you have said, the last couple of seasons now, um, you know, we've we've gone up with Bournemouth, we've come down with Bournemouth. Everyone's, it's, all, it's that joke that they say, isn't it? Brothers in arms. Like everything we do, we do it together. But we have had some fiercely contested games that, you know, there's, we've, when we win away at Bournemouth, something inside me, like it makes me that little bit more happy. Like last year when we beat Bournemouth at their place 3-0, not only because it was, you know, it would it was helping us in our relegation fight. Granted, we didn't stay up in the end, but that was a massive win. And because it was against Bournemouth, it just felt even better. So, yeah, it's it's always fierce game. And you know, I mentioned that twenty-two yellow cards in the last six games, where you can add one, two, three, four, five yellow cards onto that from us yesterday. And then Bournemouth picked up three yellow cards. Um, and then obviously there were two red cards. So there's always, you know, cards shown in the game. They're always quite closely contested. Uh, and then just on the point that you made, Ben, Jefferson Lerma is a wind-up merchant. He's also a massive twat as well. So, um, you know, he he's definitely going down in the... the he's, not, he's not going on the Christmas card list this year, it's fair to say. Um, so, yeah, obviously, you know, going back to the original... Oh, and also, well done, chaps, on answering one of the questions which we've got lined up uh, about the Bournemouth... Watford and Luton Watford rivalry. So we've we've ticked off a few things in that little segment there. Well done, boys. Um, so obviously, you know, it was disappointing to then go on and concede that because I think the defence switched off. I think everyone was probably thinking, well, what? You know, it's a free kick to them, and then Backman gets beat at his near post, which is a bit of a shame. Um, so one 0 still plenty of time to get a goal. Half an hour to get a goal, Ben. Sticking with you, did you, did you feel confident that there was enough time to maybe get a goal? Had you seen enough from Watford yesterday to to suggest that we had a goal in us, or did you think, uh oh, if someone was going to score the first goal, it really needed to be us? Uh, I didn't see us getting back into it after they scored. To be honest, um, from the start of the second half, I thought our performance went. Uh, it was just getting poorer. Our performances, and then. With the Chalabar booking, I felt we lost our heads a little bit. And then from the goal we conceded, we switched off massively. And I thought, we, we aren't coming back from here. Bournemouth have got their claws into us. We're rattled. Um, we're not going to create anything. And I don't think we really did create anything towards the end of the match, really. 
No, um, I mean, the, the, the next sort of real chance we had afterwards was um, Saar drifting past Kelly. One of the few times he actually did sort of try and take on his man and he's put it wide. James, do you think he was perhaps being a bit greedy there shooting? Do you think he should have maybe pulled it across goal for an easy tapping for someone or were you just happy that we were getting a shot away and trying to score? Yeah, I, I did think it's a bit greedy. Actually, he went he went past his man really well, and and at, at that point, I was I was well, I was obviously hoping he would score, but but in hindsight, watching it back now, yeah, um, it was it was a really really poor effort, and maybe you should have squared it to to someone waiting in the box because at that point we needed to get back into the game. I think that if we responded instantly, then obviously the game would have been much different. Twenty minutes left would have been one one, um, but ultimately it was a really really poor shot, and it actually hit. Um, the near post netting so so yeah not very good from Sar at all yeah that was in the 71st minute by the way and notice how we haven't mentioned any substitutions yet which was weird um we always have that running joke that obviously Munoth loves a substitution in the 60th minute yesterday it was a 76th minute and I think it sort of epitomised a game like it was too late for any sub to come on and do anything it was too late to change anything and the substitutions Ben what on earth Chalobah for Gosling not a problem Chalobah was perhaps a little bit rattled Chalobah was perhaps susceptible to maybe picking up a second yellow which we don't want Gosling coming on against his former team you know the, the game had already got a little bit nasty after that incident with Lerma bring on Gosling against his old team, you know, workhorse, scrappy player, not a problem with that substitution. We've seen it a lot. But the other one, we are chasing the game for a goal. You think, right, we've got Andre Gray on the bench, we've got Paritza on the bench, we've got Hongbo on the bench, we've got Zinkenagel on the bench. Zinkenagel for Sema earlier on would have done. Sema's knackered. Pitch was fine. No excuses from the pitch. But he brings Lazar on for Messina, a left back on when we're chasing the game. What on earth is he thinking there, Ben? I don't know, mate. I'm scratching my head. Um, like I said to you before we started recording, um, I went on the Derby um, review show a yes. week or so ago and I, they asked me a question. They said, what's the weak link of Watford? And I, I said it was Cisco Munes. Um, and that was when we just won three Three games in a row, two games in a row. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I came out with that. But the reason why I came out with that is, look, I, I like Cisco. I think he's a very likable character, and he's obviously um, got us playing a bit better football. But when it comes to substitutions and tactics, I think he's it's very questionable with what he does. Um, yesterday, one nil down at Bournemouth. Took to 20 minutes to go, 15 minutes to go to make those substitutions and not to make those substitutions. It's it's for personnel that he brought on. Um, like you say, Zinco Eagle was on the bench and Semmer was absolutely, he was knackered. Um, yeah. We needed to freshen it up. I would have even thrown on Andre Gray just to have someone who actually runs um, about a bit more as well. Um so yeah, the jury's still out with Cisco. I'm afraid um, I wasn't impressed with his um, substitutions at all yesterday. Do you think though? Obviously, you say the jury's still out with him. The guy has just won four games in a row before this game, or are you just talking about his substitutions, his tactics, him as a manager? What what is it you 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 sort of waiting? Are you expecting to see substitutions earlier? Better. What what is it you're expecting to see from that then? Like, I was impressed that he changed the formation to that four-three-three. But if if yeah. you put any Watford fan in that position and you managed Watford for a day, 
with with the players at your disposal, you know how they play. Every single Watford fan would go four three three. So and then we got Nunes coming in, who finally did it after he was massively under pressure. I don't know if he was looking in his Instagram DMs because I know loads of Watford fans message him. So maybe they were saying four three three, four three three, four three three. So then Cisco eventually went, "Well, I might be packing up my office at the training ground on Sunday. Let's just do four three three and see what happens." Um, that's what it felt like a little bit with him. Um, I'm just going to say this: mm. I, I like him. But I don't think he'll be in charge at the end of the season, regardless if we get promoted or if we stay down. He'll be gone. He's, he's just here for the time being, just to see out the rest of the season. Mm. And Walter Mazzari will be coming back. I completely agree, Ben. Absolutely. Um, no, hopefully he doesn't anyway. Um, yeah, no. He, I mean, the guy doesn't even have the qualification. I don't want to start slagging him off, by the way, because he has just won us four in a row. But he doesn't even have the qualifications to be managing at the Premier League. I would imagine. There was no, there was no plan B yesterday either. And what frustrates yeah. me as well, we, we, we threw Parizzo on. We don't even play to his strengths. We've said this before. He prefers the ball down to his feet, mm-hmm. into the channels that he can run onto. Yes, he's a tall guy, but it doesn't mean you have to hit the ball up to him every single time when there's a ball going forward to him. He, he, he doesn't prefer it when the ball's in the air. You see what happens when the ball goes up to him in the air. He, he ends up elbowing someone at Newport County and gets sent off. Yeah, and, you know, moving on to that third change from Munaf, the um, the change, we a bit of a weird change, maybe suggests a, a slight change in formation as well. But Peritza is someone we probably could have done with seeing a bit longer than six minutes before the end of the, the game. Um, ben... Sorry, not Ben. James will go to you on this one. Parizza coming on. Too late, isn't it? It's 84 minutes on the clock. He's not going to change a game like that. I mean, granted, all it takes is, is one sort of chance in the last minute, but he's not really going to influence a game six minutes on the pitch, is it? No, no, not at all. And I, I do agree with change. I think that, as you say, as you, as you both said earlier, Sema, Sema did look tired, but but the 84th minute, you know, six minutes left of normal time um, to impact a game. It's not really um, long enough for someone like Peritza to, re- to really make an impact. If, if a player comes onto the pitch, they at least lead up, need, I'd say, you know, about 20 minutes to to get up to the get up to the pace of the game. And you have to remember, it was such a the game was such a feisty game that someone coming on on for six minutes, they can't really um, they can't really get a grasp of what's actually happening on the pitch. All our players were rolled up. They looked um, physically angry at Bournemouth and, and Fritz are coming on. Look, I want to see a bit more of Fritz, of course, and I'm sure we all do, but but no, six minutes, definitely um, not enough to to make an impact. Mm. Now, I was perhaps a little naive. The fourth official put his board up for 90 minutes, um, at 90 minutes and it said six minutes. And I was like, six minutes, we could do something here. We really could do something here. Um, we didn't do anything in terms of scoring. What we did do is get into a massive, massive, massive fight and then João Pedro got sent off, which, by the way, Ben, um, I don't know if, if you'll agree with me on this, but what did he get sent off for? From when I remember watching it back, he tripped over and then he tripped over, fell over and then took a guy out. And the referee give a free kick, fair enough. Okay, if you think that's a free kick, that's fine. But then he booked him and obviously he got sent off. And then I'm not sure what happened after that. Like, I'm not sure what sparked it, but someone definitely was squaring up with someone. And then next thing you know, three of our players 
uh, kicking seven shades of shit out of Jack Grealish. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we needed to play some of like comical music over that. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, back to the Jao Pedro incident. Um, he, it looked like he was tripped by um, Jack Wilshire. Uh, and then ah. he fell into a path of uh, Jefferson Lerma. And I know you're probably thinking it's maybe just a bit of a foul, but me watching it, I don't know how James feels about this, but I felt like Pedro did stick a little bit of one on him. He did kick out a little bit on Jefferson Lerma yesterday. So I have no complaints on a second yellow card for Jail Pedro there. Um, he's going to miss the game against Wickham, but he probably needs the rest anyway. And yeah. It, and it happened in the 93rd minute or whatever it was. So it didn't really impact the game massively. The game was uh, dead by then. But afterwards, um, he got sent off. Uh, Jefferson Lerma said something to Cleverly or pushed Cleverly. The next minute, Jack Wilshire comes speeding over, pushes Cleverly, and then everyone's uh, bundling on top of um, Jack Wilshire, massive melee. Um, it was hard to see what was going on. It was just yeah. players everywhere, wasn't there? But what I'd like to see is, and um, we've not mentioned this yet, but when Dan, Dan Goslin came on, yeah, he knew, he, he knew exactly what Bournemouth were doing. He, he called them out. Um, he, what I liked, he was trying to pull up. Um, well, I'd like to say he was trying to save Jefferson Lerma's life when he was rolling about <laughs> on the floor. He was trying to get him up. Like he was concerned for him. He was just trying yeah. to pick him up, but he was having none of it. But yeah, it was calling him out on it yesterday. Look, he played there for five, six seasons. He knows what Bournemouth is all about. And when he, he, he only took him five minutes to play against him and he knew exactly what it was about. And he didn't like what he saw. And he went up in a lot of Watford fans' estimations yesterday. Um, oh, yes. Yes, yesterday. Um, so yeah, brilliant from um, Dan Gosling. But it, it, it's not pretty watching your team fight like that sometimes. But I felt like we needed to see that from our players yesterday we needed to see fight we needed to see passion and hopefully this will like set a little fire in the belly and we can use this anger for the rest of the season yeah James in terms of the yellow card starting way back at the yellow card mm. do you think it was a yellow as well or perhaps a bit harsh you agree with yeah that? I, I, I do think so I think maybe if that had happened in the first five or ten minutes I think the referee probably still would have given a free kick but he wouldn't have given a yellow card but as it was mm. so late in the game um, you know, tensions were boiling over at that point anyway. I think that, that the referee probably felt that that he should have at that time. But I did think it was a little bit harsh. But but as I said, it was that late in the game, tensions boiling over, um, pro- probably about right. But I have to say, we were talking about Jack Wilshire there. I thought when he came on, he was just as bad as Jefferson Lerma. I thought I thought um, his attitude towards the referee, at one point he was telling him to F off. Um, you know, he was time wasting consistently. It, it was like he'd come onto the pitch just the time waste. Did you see um, him when they had that what, throwing in the corner? Sorry to cut you up there, James. When they had that throwing right in the corner, did you see the referee book him for time wasting and then he applauded the referee afterwards? Oh, which, technically God, speaking, you should be sent off for that. You know, it should be a, a, I mean, a that's, the, that's clear descent, isn't it? Yeah. He's, he's a scummy little player and he's just sour about how he's. Um, careers ended up going um, downhill massively because there was so much praise for Jack Wilshire when he started off and I think that it's all gone to his head a little bit and then the injuries that came in and he's just a sour little man and he's a match made in heaven for Bournemouth. Yeah, he, <laughs> sorry, he, um, you mentioned there obviously he quite clearly doesn't take a professional lip reader to see that he told Mr Harrington to fuck off. Um, that bit, I can, I don't, 
appreciate them doing that because when I used to referee, I, I used to hate it. And they always tell you on the referees course um, that you set your own tolerance level. So if someone swears at you at grassroots, you, you're well within your right to either book them or send them off or do nothing at all. Depends on the person. Mm. I always sent people off if they swore at me, um, especially if it was the younger age group because they shouldn't be doing that. But it's players like that that, you know, that's why it funnels down to grassroots football, man. I don't mean to go off on a tangent there, but um, I mean, I don't get how they're getting away with telling referees to fuck off. The worst one for it is um, is Jack Grealish. If you ever watch him play, um, especially I watch, I don't know about you boys, but when I watch the football now, I watch it without the crowd noises. And you can obviously hear everything that's being said. And Jack Jack Grealish must tell the referee to f off about four or five times a game, uh, but nothing is done about it. And I, I'm just thinking it, it just sets a bad example. But Jack Wilshere, he how he escaped the red card before obviously getting the red card that he did get, how he escaped it earlier how he didn't get one earlier on I should say is beyond me it really was but I want to obviously mention like Ben said Dan Gosling taking absolutely none of it and um, that's good to see that you know that's his old club I'm sure he's still got people that are there that are mates with him and you know whatnot. but he didn't give a two hoots about that when he was on the pitch. He, he was like fighting for Watford and it, it was really, really good to see. You can tell he probably never really got on with Jefferson Lerma and he could, couldn't yeah. wait to actually say a few words to him yesterday. Yeah, he probably wanted to stick one on him himself. Um, I mean, obviously the game then did finish eventually. And also another thing as well, not that it would have mattered, you know, you could have played another 90 minutes and we still wouldn't have scored. But the that took us into the 99th minute all that melee did. Um, and the referee blew up pretty much straight away after like one of the goal, one of the free kicks. He should have played an additional three minutes to what he did play. Uh, but like I say, not that it would have mattered anyway, but it would have been brilliant if we scored in like the 107th minute to equalise. Uh, but we can, you know, we, 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 we have to move on. And like I said, luckily we've got a game on Wednesday, uh, a game we should really win. No, no offence to Wickham. But um, hopefully put things right and then get on a run again. But come full time, second half, the stats, not great. I mean, 68% possession to us, which is great, but we didn't do anything with it. Five shots, one shot on target the whole game. That, I mean, that's poor. Uh, and that sort of sums up how we've been away this season. Uh, granted, Bournemouth only had two, so you could tell it was you know, it was going to be one of them games. Um, and then obviously, red card each. And um, there was six yellows for Watford and four for Bournemouth. So, again, yellow cards providing the order of the day um, for, for Watford versus Bournemouth. And um, I'm glad now that we've got them out of the way. We don't have to worry about them. Hopefully, they decline a little bit and actually don't make the playoffs at all because uh, I think that was a one-off. And I'm not just saying that. Like, I'm not trying to sound sour or anything, but I think that was a one-off. Uh, Cardiff are looking great at the moment. Barnsley are looking great at the moment. So they've got a real task on their hands. You know, I'd rather be in our position than, than their position, which sounds obvious. But, you know, we're three points beyond Brentford. I don't know if they're playing on Wednesday, but we've got a great chance to um, to obviously put the record straight and get, get another win. Uh, I've just Brentford looked, are playing Norwich, got Norwich midweek. Yeah, oh, do you know what, right? I'm quite happy for Norwich to win that one because what we're seven or eight points behind Norwich, is it or nine? I don't know. Um, we're not catching them as far as I'm aware. So 
as far as I'm concerned, I should say. So let Norwich win that one. And if we beat Wickham, we're back in the race. So, you know, I don't think we're out of the race. And obviously, King Norwich did us a massive favour yesterday beating Swansea. So um, hopefully they continue to slip a little bit. So, yeah, upon reflection, really, really disappointing. You know, momentum was high, confidence was high, and we unfortunately couldn't make it five in a row. Uh, that would have been the first time, as you pointed out on social media, Ben, since the season we went up, 14-15 season. So, never mind, you know, hopefully it's a blip and we can get back on track on Wednesday night. I'm sure if we win on Wednesday, there'll be a lot more sort of relieved fans. If if we then go on to maybe draw or lose on Wednesday, then, you know, the, the, the doubters and the worriers will start to come out again, no no doubt about that whatsoever uh, so a big big game on Wednesday uh, one we should be winning on paper but it, it will show the test the, it will show the, the character of the lads to see if we can bounce back from that um, favourite part of the show James is joining us for this this time um, <laughs> James James, this is new to you we, we do have normal questions and then we've yes. got questions about other stuff which are absolutely brilliant um, we've had quite some you know some questions um let me just go on literally as as we speak now i'm having to scroll through because we've got that many questions so i'll read them out in order shall we so we'll start james seeming as though you've you've not done this before we'll we'll start with you um let me see which one is We've had a question from Jamie Davis, who, by the way, Jamie Davis is like he's a Voices of the Vic super fan. Like the guy, he's a legend. The amount of praise we receive off Jamie, uh, really, really appreciate it, Jamie. So hopefully you're having a, a good day listening to this, mate, and hopefully you have a good week coming up. Um, he said, "Hi guys, love the state question from myself last week." Uh, so he's bigging himself up here. Um, <laughs> This week, <laughs> what's your favourite pasta type? Also, more about the team. We all love the question. What's your favourite ever kit from Watford? So, James, firstly, favourite pasta type, if you've got one, or favourite uh, pasta tag, dish? Tag, tag, tagliatelle, Mike. Tagliatelle. What, what are you having with it, James? A bit of ham, uh, mushrooms? No, I don't, we have a bit of ham in ours, actually, yeah. 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 Good man. Favourite Watford kit, James, you got one? Favorite Watford kit? No, I do. I do actually have a clear favorite for me, and it, it's from it's from my first season um, back in the Premier League, the the fifteen sixteen season. I thought we're obviously mm. called the Hornets, and, and that kit really epitomizes um, the name of the club. But I really, really like the the black stripes that that kind of go down that kit, and um, I actually never managed to get my hands on that. Funnily enough, so I, I'm still really? looking to this day um, for, for 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 that kit in my size. Um, but hopefully, fingers crossed. Soon I, I should I should be getting one, but but that fifteen sixteen um, season kit is, is definitely my favourite in in recent memory. You'll be able to get one of them on eBay or ClassicFootballShirts.com. Uh, we're not sponsored by them, by the way, guys. Uh, I'm just <laughs> literally giving giving you recommendations. That would have been a good segue into a sponsor. Though. That would have been, yeah yeah that would have been a <laughs> superb. I tell you what, we'll bring you on for a segue. Um, ben, have you got a favourite pasta type and a favourite Watford kit? Um. Can I can I throw something in? Go on. Can I can I throw something in like a lasagna? Yeah, is that pasta? The sheets are pasta. Is it? Yeah, it's pasta sheets. Okay. 
Lasagna I'd say it's more cheese than pasta personally, but, but well, there you go. Hang on a minute, mate. Oh, you this, this is a big debate podcast. now. Yeah. Don't come on okay, our but... podcast telling us what oh, right, lasagna I'll, I'll, I'll just stick to a traditional penne pasta. Penne pasta. Spag bowl for me all day, boys. How none of you have said spag bowl is criminal. <laughs> uh, ben, favourite what for kit? Ever. Ever. Oh, it's difficult. I've got two. Can I have two? Yeah, man. Um, there was both when the Pozzo have taken over when oh. we was in the championship. Um, I like the black and yellow home shirt when we had like Forestieri at the club. And it was like a, the black was a bit diagonal going from one shoulder down to the sleeve of the, the other football, one. Was it the football manager sponsored one? No, it's not that one. It's um, oh. it was like a bet one three eight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sponsored by Puma. Um, the football manager was on the back of a shirt. Yeah, yeah. It was a uh, Sonino season. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, really like that shirt. And then the shirt we got promoted in as well. I, I love just a plain, simple shirt. That's and why I, I just love yesterday's to... kit. Oh. Oh, it was sexy, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the, the season we got promoted, just a plain yellow shirt with a black rim round the neck. You can't do any better than that. So, yeah, they're my two favourite Watford shirts. I'm going to go even further back than that. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think what season it was. It, it was the Lecoq Sportif one, the promotion-winning season, 99-2000. Uh, the one before the Phones for You one, because Phones for You was in the Premier League, wasn't it? Um, I think it was. Everyone's felt come off that. Yeah, it was. Uh, but the, <laughs> the season we beat Birmingham in the semis of that that kit is glorious, and it's on the um, you know the retro site, uh, the retro section of the club shop. It's on there, um, so I need to get one in my size because I was only like four years old, so I wouldn't have had one back then. Uh, so that is mine. So thanks for the question, Jamie. Um, See, we've had a question from Peter Smith. I don't really know how to answer this one. Why is Shitowsery celebrated? James, you, can you shed any light on that? Would, uh, let's put it this way. If that was us yesterday, if our players were rolling around on the floor like that and we won, would we be celebrating? Are we being a bit well, fickle because of it's against us? Well, what I would say is I wouldn't say it's celebrated, but but what I, what I would also say is that Bournemouth did ultimately win the game and their game plan to wind us up works. So mm. for Bournemouth, shithousery does work because they beat us yesterday. Um, so that that's my answer to the question. I don't like it, but mm. in terms of Bournemouth playing us yesterday and it working, then it obviously did work obviously did work for them. Catherine asks, and Ben, obviously James has just on about it works for them. Why do we always fall for this type of shithousery? Um, I'm trying to think of other games, you know, Crystal Palace have done it to us before and are we perhaps being too soft in the past? Is that why you perhaps liked that little melee at the ends? Because it showed, you know, don't piss around with us. Like, we're not going to fall, we're not going to stand for this. I think we're probably a bit too sensitive at times. <laughs> sensitive souls. And it really yeah. get affects us. He's just said a naughty word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it affects us. I don't think we deal with it very well. I think we've got a lot of history with these clubs and it's it just doesn't um, leave our minds. It's just we can't get over it. And then it takes a wind-up merchant like Lerma just to bring it all back. And we just struggle to deal with it. Yeah, um, we answered this question earlier, but I'm going to read it out because he sent it in anyway. Can we safely say now that Bournemouth are by far the team we dislike the most? 
Uh, Carol Humphreys actually replied to him saying yes, uh, but we did mention that earlier, um, how the rivalry is probably for younger generation is perhaps bigger than the Luton one. So, James, uh, I mean, I'll always hate Luton regardless, but and I'm sure you do, James, but from your point of view, because you're a younger fan, would you say that Bournemouth are the team that you hate the most now? Or? Yeah, I think so. And you summed it up actually perfectly earlier, Mike, talking about how us and Bournemouth have, you know, we've been fighting in the same division for, for such a long time, trying to both achieve the mm. same thing, whether it be in the Premier League or, or in the Championship. And look, as you say, we will always hate Bournemouth for as long as we're alive as Watford fans. But but I think in recent times, the last five, six, even seven seasons, I think that our rivalry with Bournemouth has definitely um, definitely gone over over Luton in terms of in terms of the intensity of of, of the matches at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you spot on there. You know, always hate Luton as for as long as I've got a hole in my ass, mate. I'll hate Luton. So yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah an interesting one. I'm just reading through these questions now. And there's there's hardly any about the game itself. It's um, yeah. So the next one, Ben, we'll, we'll start with you. <laughs> My brother sent a question in Cameron, and uh, he I've said, seen who, this. <laughs> "Who would make a better darts board, Jefferson Lerma or Wilfred Zahar?" <laughs> um, I was like, maybe you could do something like you do with pizza and have a half and half. Um, maybe you'd have L- Lerma on the left-hand side of the board and Saha on the right-hand side. Um, and maybe Eddie Hutter in the bullseye or something. But yeah, um, it's yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't want to show too much hatred to- yeah, know, towards yeah. them. Um, so yeah, I, I, can we steer away from this question? <laughs> yeah, James, you got anything to add on that? <laughs> uh, no, what I would say is that I have a very large hatred towards both of them players, but. I do not wish injury upon either of them. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I must say, I saw some comments yesterday and people wishing for Je- Jessica Lerma to have an ACL and end his career. I think that's bang out of order. Yeah. Yes, he was he was out of order yesterday, but you shouldn't um, wish hurt on another human being. I think that was totally disrespectful. Yes, we can dislike the player and mm-hmm. show that we dislike him, but to say things like that is just totally disrespectful. Yeah, no, I completely agree, massively. Um, Boyd Mayova my, my, my said, um, well, it wasn't a question, he just said Lazar and Kafkar. Lazar, Kafkar and Messina are not good enough. Um, I, yeah, we've spoken about Messina not being good enough. Lazar had some like, wayward shots when he came on, so I don't know what he was thinking there. Uh, and Kafkar, it's it's hard to say because he's, he's had a big injury. So, um, but yeah, um, Rosemary says, why do you think Kiko cuts holes in his socks? Really noticeable when wearing black ones. Also, we can maybe bottom of the league, but believe, but still believe and play with passion. So as no Pedro, who do you think will start up front? That is a brilliant question. I hadn't read that out in full. In terms of Kiko's socks, he does it to relieve pressure on his calves. Uh, he's not the only one that does it. I believe Kyle Walker does it as well. Uh, and there's a number of other players that do it. So that's why he does that and I think Catherine Jones actually replied saying that as well uh, but you but, just get bigger size socks no because then they'll fall down won't they true they'll slip down um, James start with you Wickham on Wednesday night no Pedro who's playing up front Who's who do we start up front I think it's got to be Steve Paperitzer hasn't it I think that you know <laughs> I think we all know what, what, what Andre Gray offers Watford now, which which quite frankly isn't a lot at all. So I think that Stipe Peritza 
you know he's come back from injury recently he's been waiting patiently to get to get an opportunity in the team and and this is one that that he should be taking and, and you know he should do well against Wickham because you know they did do well against us in a reverse fixture earlier this season but but as Ben said earlier you'd expect we would beat Wickham with with the players we've got on the recent run of form we've been on so so I'd say Steve Hayperitzer up top. Ben you having Peritzer up top as well or? Yeah, I'd bring in Parisia. I think he probably needs game time as well. He came back from injury and he's not had 90 minutes yet either. Uh, but what I will say is if we're playing him, please play to his strengths. Uh, don't just lump the ball up to him. Yeah, yeah. Completely agree. Uh, James Hurst, who's uh, also become a regular listener of ours, I've noticed him popping up in the notifications. He says, hope you lads are doing all right. Why did we struggle to break down Bournemouth so much? And with different refereeing, how differently would the game have been? Um, in terms of the way the game would have been, probably wouldn't have seen some yellow cards, perhaps. Um, I think the ref was very sort of soft yesterday in terms of giving any sort of little niggly foul. Um, but Ben, can you put, uh, sorry, James, can you put anything, uh, can you sort of pinpoint anything as to why we may have struggled to break Bournemouth down? I just think, it, I, I don't think it was um, one one thing in particular. I just think it's one of these games where rather than, I think you've got to play the occasion rather than the game. And, and any game with Bournemouth, um, you know, as, as we've alluded to many times in this podcast, is it, going to be a feisty game. And, and that we never want to blame um, officials, but I think it was quite evident from from early on that that the referee um, lost lost control of the game. And, and look, I'm not going to totally blame the referee, but and I'd actually probably blame our own players more than the referee. But I, I just think that fr- from early on on we lost control of the game, and from that point we never really um, looked like getting anything out of it. Yeah. Yeah, interesting one, definitely. Uh, Tony Harrington only refereed us on one other occasion this season um, against Preston, and he gave us a penalty. Uh, also, so surprised there was no penalties given yesterday because he's given the joint amount, joint most amount penalties this season. Tony Harrington has. Um, it's cost Callum Wilson's left Bournemouth. That's why there's no penalties. Of course, yes. How could I forget? Um, my mate Dan Hargis sent a question in. Ben, would you rather fight 100 duck-sized Troy Deenies or one Troy Deenies-sized duck? I think I'd rather fight one Troy Deenies-sized duck. Really? Yeah, I I don't like the idea of having 100 ducks around me. I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel a bit uneasy about that. I'm a bit claustrophobic, and when I've got like 100 you ducks around me... Oh, it might be a thing, James. Don't take the piss. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I do. Well, James? you know when you go for a walk and you, you get attacked by geese? Yeah. They're but horrible they're... bastards, aren't they? Geese, and... geese are horrible. Yeah, but if they've got the mentality of Troy Deeney, then they could be exactly the same. I see. I think, I think ducks are more timid than geese. I, if it's just a drake, I think they're called drakes, aren't they? The, the, the ones with the purple on them. I don't know. Um, if it's just a normal duck, like a run-of-the-mill duck, then that's fine. If it's geese, sod that for a laugh. Um, I remember my sister being chased by geese when she was very little. Uh, it was hilarious. I think it was my sister anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, they can break your arm, you know. that That's a British thing And as swans. Well. Yeah, swans. That's probably what I'm thinking of, actually. But you can't kill them because they're owned by the Queen. Um, so yeah, 
James, 100 duck-sized Troydenis or one Troydeni-sized duck? I'll probably have to agree with Ben. I think that that hundred ducks probably is is too much to handle. It's probably is too much to handle. Actually, a hundred a hundred Troydini sized ducks. Think about it. So um so yeah. It sounds, like bush, it sounds like a bush tucker trial, don't it? Uh-huh. It's just something I wouldn't want to deal with. I don't know. I think the hundred ducks, if they're just your normal little ducks that you'd find in like when you go to the park and that, you just kick them. You're all right, man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, seeing what not- Deeney did to Joe Allen a few years ago, I'm a bit frightened of him. Yeah, but they're not tall enough to, to get you, man. So I'd, I'd rather fight 100 duck-sized Troys than one Troy-sized duck, because that would be a big duck, that would. Uh, and I wouldn't fancy my chances in the slightest. Um, some of these questions are making me laugh. Um, George White says, what's on the menu today? Just need to move on from yesterday. Very annoying to say the least. The goal they scored was very pre- preventable. Completely agree with you, George. I think we've said that. Um, probably caught us off guard. We've not really known why the ref gives a free kick. And then Backman was easily beaten at his near post, which he shouldn't have been. Um What's on the menu today? I'm assuming he's asking that because the last couple of times, Ben, we've had questions. We've talked about what we're going to have for dinner. Has any of this chat made you think, oh, fancy a bit of that for dinner tonight? Yeah, I'm going to have, to, I'm going to have a duck tonight. Duck, duck, yeah. Duck, <laughs> duck from the Chinese, yeah. A you know what, we, duck or... we've, we've, we've started this podcast being Voices of a Vic. I think it's like Voices of a Vic slash Ready Steady Cook at the moment. Um, <laughs> but um, what's on the menu for me tonight? Um... I'm going to have a red tie curry tonight. Um, I love a red tie. Jesus, James, what's on the menu for you, son? Uh, we've got a, we've got a lovely roast beef dinner, Mike. Ooh, ooh, very nice. I don't know what I'm. What meat? Beef. Turkey, gotta be. Oh, it's not Christmas, is it? Lovely beef. Bit of a Dijon mustard with that, mate. You're laughing. Um, <laughs> I'm going to just quickly sort of quick fire questions now because uh, the time's eluded me massively uh, and I still want to get your score predictions for the Wiccan game as well. Uh, Chris Bone asks James, deep pan or thin crust or and then pineapple on a pizza, yes or no? What are you having, James? This is very simple, Mike, and everyone should agree with me on this point. It's thin crust and pineapple all the way. Yeah, agree with you there massively. Ben, thin crust, deep pan, pineapple on pizza? Uh, deep pan, um, pizza and Pineapple and pizza all day long. Yeah, I do love a stuffed crust as well. Stuffed crust, yes. Uh, The best one, the goat sort of crust is the cheesy bites from Pizza Hut all day long. Um, Oh, I must say, I had a Pizza Hut the other day and they've got this new KFC um, chicken one with a gravy base. Don't get it, it's disgusting. Oh, that's a shame. I was really looking forward to having some of that. Nah, it's not nice. Okay. No, we're not getting any Pizza Hut sponsorships now, Ben. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, damn. It's a lovely, lovely um, order your pizza, guys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John Parslow has sent in quite a few questions. I'm trying to get the... uh, Because he sent in five, and granted he's saying don't use all five, but um, I I at least want to answer one, and I'm just struggling to find one of the questions. So, um, do you think Ben... Coming to you first, do you think Blackburn pitch um, at the end of a tough run drained our legs? For me, for for John, we played okay, deserved the draw, but seemed a yard off it previous pace by looking leggy. 
Um, yeah, but I think it, I touched upon it at the start. We just played five games in fourteen games, uh, fourteen days. So mm-hmm. I think the pitches and the amount of games that we're playing in that amount of time, I think that's really caught up on us. And maybe we should have done a bit more rotation with our team. Um, I'm just hoping that maybe this week against Wickham, we might see maybe four or five changes because I, th- yeah. I think the team maybe needs it a bit now. Yeah. I've noticed he said don't use all of them, but some of them we've we've sort of answered from other people. His first one was, does the game yesterday put the nail in the coffin of the fake Luton rivalry? For me, Bournemouth one is now definitely the one that matters. It's been brewing for a while, but yesterday Sean sealed and delivered it. We spoke about that. He also asked Perich or Gravy Wickham. We've answered that. James, do you think yesterday, was yesterday a day when we missed having Dini on? at least off the bench, and that might signpost we will need him in the running. I assume he means to try and like rough, rustle a few feathers, and I tell you what, he had been lamping people left, right and centre in that melee. That would have been something to watch. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I think that was, that was you know, we've been saying that Deeney shouldn't be in the team lately, and obviously he's injured, injured at the moment. I, I haven't been that... saying that, actually. Just want to point that out. All right, sorry, Mike. Many apologies. Um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's definitely that was definitely the game for for, for Dean to come in, even if it was on the bench, just to just to give us a bit more. Um, I don't know what the word is, roughness maybe to ruffle their feathers a little bit. And and yeah, I think bite. we did miss a little bit of bite. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the right word. And and yeah, I think we did miss Troy yesterday. Um, I don't know whether he's even travelling with the team at the moment. Maybe even give us support from from the sidelines. But but yeah, we definitely. Um, missed his influence um, on the team yesterday. i tell you what I have loved on social media, all these memes about the cycling GK video and it's going to be Ben Foster's going to be with the GoPro and like he's going to be having it on selfie mode and the fight's going to be going on behind him. Uh, I have loved those memes. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. So it'd be interesting to see if he puts any of that in actually. Um, he also said, Ben, if it comes to it, who would you want in the playoff semis? Oh, playoff semis, um, Wickham, but I don't think they're going to make it. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you might be a bit far-fetched on that one. That's really, you asked who I'd like. You didn't right. say who re- I'd realistically like, um, but who I would realistically um, think we could play. Um, Got to be Reading, I think. Yeah, I'd, I'd fancy Reading as well. James, you, any different? Yeah, I think that? so. I mean, we've, we've seen Swansea and Bournemouth cause us problems already this season. Obviously, Reading... Um, they beat us, didn't they? But I think that in terms of in terms of the players they've got compared to compared to the other teams fighting for promotion at the moment, I think I think you'd have to say Reading, especially with with the drop off they've seen recently as well. Yeah, yeah, massively. And someone else replied to his question, saying that um, they would also like Reading as well. Um, listen, time has massive massively eluded me, like it's escaped me massively. So I just want to quickly touch on the Wickham game. Um, obviously, we know it's a big game because of that defeat. We really need to bounce back. We're probably going to make some changes as well. Um, and I, I would be totally for that. Uh, we need to make enough changes to still respect Wickham and not take it lightly. Uh, we yes. unfortunately don't have a Wickham fan to speak to. Um, we couldn't get hold of one, uh, unfortunately. So uh, next time around, we will have a Forest fan on. Uh, we've got a, a couple of people we can turn to on that, luckily. Uh, but Ben, just firstly, starting with you, um, score. Uh, I'd, I'd love to sort of delve into the, the depths of this game, but because of the time, um, so what what would your score prediction be on Wednesday night? Uh, just quickly, I, I yeah, want a reaction quickly, yeah. because um, I think 
we need changes. The team's obviously looking a bit fatigued, but I'm just hoping what we saw in the last few minutes against Bournemouth, a bit of fight and passion. We can use that anger for the rest of the season going into the vital promotion push that we're after. Um, Wickham's, yeah, they're fighting for their lives down the bottom of the table. It's not going to be an easy game, but we've definitely got enough in our squad to get the three points. So I'm going for a 3-0 Watford win. Ooh, well, hopefully they win today against Norwich, by the way. James, score prediction? Yeah, I'll go with a, with a quite a comfortable 2-0 to Watford. Just quickly looking at Wickham's last couple of fixtures, that they've just, they just lost to Reading. They've got Norwich um, today. And then yeah. they're obviously playing us us on Wednesday, so they've, they've had a really tough tough run of it at the moment. And I'd like to think we can kind of put the nail in the coffin, really. And, and yeah, comfortable two 0 win to to Watford. So no offence to any Wickham fans there, by the way. You're going to get <laughs> you, you, you ain't going to be able to walk through Buckinghamshire anytime soon, James. God, the nail I'm, in I'm the quaking for my life. Unbelievable. Starting a rivalry, here, James. Um, <laughs> I, I I'd like to think we're at home, Wickham. I'm sorry, but. You know, they are out of the depth a little bit. He's definitely going to come back to bite me this season. But uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go 3 0. I'm, I'm going to copy Ben 3 0. Um, I'm not going to predict the, the scorers until close to the time because at the moment I can't pick my nose, let alone pick the right score and scorers. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. But I think, as Ben rightly says, we just want a reaction. If we win, not a problem. Saturday, it's as far as I'm aware, yesterday's game finished as soon as the, the final whistle ended. It, it didn't play any part in my mind after that, um, probably because I had a lot to drink. But um, yeah, big game Wednesday, looking for a reaction. Hopefully we get it. Big result will help us. Hopefully Norwich beat Brentford and hopefully we can beat Norwich today. Uh, but listen, thank you very, very much, guys, for listening. Uh, really, really do appreciate your questions. Like Literally, the only reason that we were short for time is because of the amount of questions that we got through. Keep them coming. Uh, the guys that sent them on Instagram, apologies, I couldn't get round to answering yours. So keep sending them through. We will get round to them next time. Um, thanks so much for listening. Like I've said in previous pods, the, the listening figures have gone sort of through the roof. Me and Ben don't expect any of this, so we, we cannot thank him enough. Massive thanks to James for joining us. James will be back on again uh, in, in the not-so-distant future. But enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday if you're listening today. Um, keep the faith and come on, you ones. <laughs>